But if you're listening to a podcast, you can send money to the podcaster for every minute you're listening. You can also earn money for every minute you're listening. You can even do it on a second by second basis. These are things which, which aren't possible with, with fiat currency. Welcome back to Beyond the Price, a podcast from CoinPost that goes beyond the flashing numbers to explore how Bitcoin fits into the global economy and how real people and real companies are actually using it, especially in Asia. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? You're listening to this one, so you probably do. Do you get paid to listen to podcasts? Probably not. But if you were listening to this on Fountain, you would be. This isn't an ad read. No, Fountain is actually today's guest. I'm joined by Nick Malster, CMO and co-founder of Fountain Podcasts. He was formerly at Nike, Adidas, and the BBC. This is another Twitter space we recorded a few months ago, so although some of the upcoming updates he talked about are already out, well, actually, that's good news. You don't have to wait for them. Now, maybe you really like Apple Podcasts, maybe you really like Spotify, but if you've never tried Fountain, you really should. You can download it from the App Store or Google Play, search Beyond the Price, and immediately start earning money as you listen to this episode. I'm also joined by my co-host Mark, meaning you don't have to just listen to me asking the questions. We talk about how Fountain didn't start as a Bitcoin app or even a podcast app. We talk about the concept of value for value or rewarding creators in real time for what they provide even as the consumers themselves are being rewarded. We talk about Fountain's clipping feature, which is another thing that sets it apart from other podcast apps, and much more. Toward the end, we get into some developments that haven't come out yet, like audiobooks, a desktop version, and even video. So even though Fountain's already a great app, I expect it to look totally different in a few years. Maybe even something like a YouTube or Netflix, but with a completely different revenue model than advertising or upfront subscriptions. As always, let me know what you think, and I hope you enjoy. GM, Nick, welcome to the show. I think, uh, are you joining from the Fountain account? Yeah, hey Brad, hey Mike, and hello everyone listening. Yeah, welcome. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. So I guess, first of all, uh, I've, uh, I mean, uh, both, uh, well, I've been an avid user of Fountain for, uh, for a long time and uh, managed to get Mark into it recently, and hopefully a lot of our listeners are, but... Uh, uh, maybe for those of uh, our audience who are not so familiar, uh, could you tell us, uh, well, uh, before Fountain, maybe a little bit about yourself, uh, life before uh, crypto, and then uh, what brought you to uh, crypto, and then why you ultimately decided Bitcoin only, or maybe you were just uh, Bitcoin only from the start, no crypto at all? <laughs> um, I would love to say I was no crypto from the start, but I think all of us have made those mistakes at the beginning. Um so yeah, I'm Nick. I'm the co-founder and CMO of Fountain Podcasts. Um, before I was building Fountain, I was in marketing and advertising. So I'm based in London, was working in different uh, marketing agencies over here, working on things like Adidas, BBC. Uh, I then did uh, around three years at Nike uh, as a brand manager. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it, was, it was probably early 2021 or maybe the end of 2020 that uh, we sort of had the idea for Fountain and me and my co-founder, Oscar, we've actually known each other since school. So we've known each other for like 20 years. And I suppose it was in lockdown that we were both just thinking about what's next for us. We'd always kind of spoken about building something together, wanting to work together. And I suppose it was just the right idea at the right time. And uh, yeah, he was actually the person who first introduced me to Bitcoin many years ago. I think it must have been 2015, 2016. 
um i didn't really pay any interest at the time <laughs> i wish i'd listened but um yeah i think it was really in 2020 and 2021 when we saw that massive kind of price increase of bitcoin you know it increasingly dominating the media space and you know more and more exciting things being built on bitcoin that really got us interested um but when we started fountain it actually had nothing to do with bitcoin at all it was just a podcast app where you could create clips share them with your friends and listen to podcasts and it was about that time that we just launched we had like a very early version of the product out uh, just in closed testing and then we kind of stumbled across what adam curry was doing with podcasting 2.0 and the whole specification around value for value which for those who don't know what that means it's essentially just being able to support your favorite content creators as you're listening so unlike a subscription where you kind of have a direct debit for five dollars a month um, you know you can just pay as you're listening as you're getting value and send some value back so we started playing around with with bitcoin and lightning to to implement that and uh, that was a game changer we realized that it wasn't really just about being able to support your favorite podcast, but actually, you know, money is an incredible signal of value. It means much more to see that someone sent however many Bitcoin or however many sats to a podcast than it does if they told you about it or you'd seen it in a feed. So we actually started using these kind of support payments in the app to uh, drive discovery of podcasts, you know, from your friendship group, other people you follow. And it kind of all went from there. That's amazing. I didn't realize that you're actually uh, doing uh, Fountain as a podcast app before it was anything to do with Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, actually, even before it was a podcast app, it wasn't going to be a podcast app. So it was, uh, I guess, like a small project that Oscar started because um, he was before Fountain. He was um, he had his own uh, agency that was making apps for like Amazon, uh, sort of Alexa voice apps, basically. And he sold that and was thinking about his next thing. And he uh, he had this kind of prototype for an app where you could record short voice notes and share them with other people. But the problem we realized then was that we didn't have the content. And, you know, building on RSS and just being able to ingest every podcast in the world into the app straight away kind of avoided that cold start problem. It meant we had content. And uh, we kind of used the same kind of clipping editing tools that we had in that previous app to apply that to editing podcast clips and creating that. Yeah, that's that's cool to hear because I remember when I first started using Fountain, uh, the two things that stuck out to me were, of course, the the um, earning sats for listening to podcasts, but then also this clipping ability, which also seemed like pretty unique among podcast apps. Yeah, so I think the, the thing with podcasts is there's just so many podcasts and, and so little time. And, um, you know, often, you know, if you're, out with friends in the pub, wherever you are, you know, you're telling people about this podcast you listen to and you really just want to share like the exact moment and say, hey, go and listen to that. And so we kind of gave users that ability to just share clips really easily. Um, and we do this by actually creating a transcript of the audio. So rather than having kind of like a, a drag and drop, you know, find the area, you can just select the text and you can actually just edit the text to edit the audio makes it really easy to do we actually have a really nice update coming out later on this month which will have an even kind of more improved experience for creating clips but yeah i think you know creating clips is a really valuable service to other listeners um, which is why we gave listeners the ability to earn bitcoin um, by getting their clips liked from other people um, so yeah that's that's definitely taken off uh, a lot and 
certainly has helped me discover, you know, interesting podcasts just from, you know, hearing like a short two minute highlight versus having to sort of, you know, dig through the full sort of 45 minutes hour long episode. Yeah. And it, uh, it kind of lines up with this, uh, uh, bigger trend of, uh, well, there's just more and more content coming out, whether it's uh, videos on YouTube or, um, music on Spotify or, uh, yeah, podcasts. Um, I've heard people say like the, the role of the curator is going to become more and more important, not just the content creator, but also the curator. So, uh, this definitely lines up with, with that. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, you know, just so much content, you know, decision paralysis, you know, what are you going to, how are you going to spend your time most effectively for the next half an hour? What are you going to listen to? And I think often as well, we, people tend to follow the same sort of seven or eight podcasts. Uh, that's the only shows they listen to, you know, their, their field of listening is very narrow compared to the broad, you know, diverse range of podcasts out there. And it's a great way of just expanding your tastes and, you know, finding something new. And like you said, I think, you know, the create curators, you know, people curate stuff for free, you know, making Spotify playlists, Pinterest boards, whatever it is. And uh, it's, it's a really important role to the overall economy. And being able to be rewarded for that, I think, is a great incentive to create more high, high quality clips, which then just kind of furthers the kind of discovery and the strength of that tool. I also like that uh, that uh, you, you started a business, a Bitcoin related business with uh, with the guy who got you into Bitcoin. Um, bodes well for for me and Mark. Mark, we that sounds like we can uh, definitely launch our own business on Bitcoin. Keep it a secret. <laughs> um, so I have a question. You know, with the the clipping, I mean, I love the clipping feature. I was a Twitch streamer back in the day, so clipping, I think, is amazing. Do you have plans? I mean, I couldn't see it on my app. Maybe I need to update. But do you have plans to allow people to share those clips? And also, is there a? Do you have plans for people who run the podcast? Are they able to also say like to choose like a favorite clip and tip back to the people that are interacting with them? Yeah, so when you create a clip on Fountain, you, like I said, you get access to the transcript. You can, you know, create your clip in a matter of minutes and, and post it. And when you post it, it'll be posted to your Fountain account and it'll also appear in the Fountain feed so that anyone who follows you will see your clip. And like we said, also people can like your clips and reply to your clips. And so we also are able to kind of highlight trending clips clips that are getting kind of a lot of likes or a lot of replies we can show those to people who you know don't follow you already so you can grow your audience that way and once you publish your clip you can also share it as a short video so i think this is something that's much needed right we've, we've typically seen in the past podcasters creating their own clips so once an episode is out they'll use an app like headliner uh, or descript to create a clip and make it into a short video with subtitles they can post on twitter and instagram and and fountain you can do that for free and i think in the future we'll be looking at adding more advanced customization to clips with regards to like how your clip video should be styled you know the size of the type and the captions things like that um but i think for podcasters it's really cool because you know your audience now has an incentive to share your content with other people um you know you don't necessarily have to play the role of you know, the writer, the producer, the recorder, the interviewer anymore, and, and also the promoter, you can also, I guess, kind of get your, your audience to promote the show for you. And um, they can do that through creating clips themselves, or they can 
you know, send you a boost and, and stream stats to you, support the podcast. Because like the clips, we also, you know, highlight the support payments in the app too. That's really cool because like at the moment we we make clips from our podcast, from our shows to make podcasts with. So if we could do that in Fountain for free and have all these extra tools, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think like um it's it's part of our approach to growth really is just first and foremost, we need to build an incredible podcast app that is going to lure you away from the podcast app you're already using, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, etc. Um, but for us, it's it's really important to get the podcasters on side. You know, that's it's a major growth driver. If you've got the podcasters saying, hey, guys, come and listen to the show on Fountain. You can earn Bitcoin for listening. You can support the show. You can create clips. Um, so the more kind of value adds we can add for podcasts, uh, for the podcaster, you know, the more likely we are to get that advocacy. And um, I'll, I'll kind of tell you a bit more about the update we've got coming up. So we've got a big update around transcripts. So you'll now have transcripts available for every show you listen to on demand. If you're Fountain Premium, you get the transcripts for free. Um, if you're just a basic user, you can pay for the transcript. Uh, and if you're a podcaster, you get all the transcripts for free for your podcast. And I think tr transcripts are really great because Firstly, they're great for SEO. They're a great kind of secondary format or medium for the people consuming your podcast. Um, but they're great for listeners as well because you can actually list, you can you can read along to the transcript as you're listening. Um, <clears throat> so if you're kind of in a kind of loud or busy place or a place where you can't really have your headphones on, or if you're on a flight and you just fancy reading something instead of listening to something, you can read the transcript. So by offering kind of a package of really interesting features and tools to podcasters like the clips, like the transcripts. We think we can get the advocacy we need to get more podcasters talking about Fountain. That's amazing to hear because, uh, I mean, uh, those are exactly the, the things that we're thinking about as we're trying to grow our podcast. Like, uh, yeah, what kind of content can we create from it uh, to use for marketing or just like a uh, little viral or bits that would hopefully go viral. And then also like the transcripts. Yeah, definitely been thinking about how to do that. So uh, yeah, exciting to hear and definitely makes me want to like lean more into fountain usage. Um, I'm curious or uh, thinking about that makes me curious. Uh, I could see why Bitcoiners would, would jump onto the app, um, the ability to stack sats. And then also just the fact that there were so many Bitcoin podcasts on the app, but how has the, um, how has the traction been with like, um, non-Bitcoin uh, podcasts or like uh, podcasts that are just general interest, not even maybe crypto or, or tech. And then how about on the audience side as well, if you have uh, visibility into that? Yeah, so I think initially we saw um, a lot of adoption for value for value with Bitcoin podcasts or Bitcoin adjacent podcasts, mostly because they were the ones that had the vested interest in Bitcoin. Um, but they also possess some of the technical knowledge that was required in the early stages of value for value to get set up. We actually made that a whole lot easier so that anyone, regardless of their Bitcoin experience, can just download the Fountain app if they're a podcast so they can claim their show and we create like a wallet for them straight away and they can start receiving payments from Fountain, but also the other apps that support value for value. And I think since making the steps um required to you know get your podcast on the fountain or on the lightning network much easier we've definitely seen broader adoption and it, even just this week looking at the most the 10 most supported podcasts on fountain 
we've got uh, a show called Bowl After Bowl, which is essentially a, a podcast about smoking weed. <laughs> and uh, we've got several other podcasts now in the top 10 who we see regularly who are not about Bitcoin, uh, which is great to see. And I think we'll start to see that diversification of the podcast audience more and more. Um, I think the other thing that we've been very mindful as well about as well is like not really talking about Bitcoin too much. Because I think that for some some of us, like Bitcoin can be, you know, it has some negative stigmatisms. It certainly, you know, lacks trust with, with some audiences, particularly in the last, you know, six, nine months when we've seen these kind of collapses, FTX, etc. Um, so people are still skeptical about Bitcoin. But ultimately, Bitcoin is just money. It's, you know, the, the most powerful form of money available. And it's going to be the most long lasting when you, you know, look at the I suppose the, the the key kind of traits of Bitcoin and, and how it works and why it's such great money. So we really just try to to talk about it as money rather than Bitcoin. And I think with regards to a, attracting kind of a broader listener audience, that definitely plays into our favor. Um, so we're not kind of putting people off at the first hurdle just because they think it's Bitcoin versus money. Yeah, that that totally makes sense to me. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I. Uh, um, spoke about it with my friends like uh just mentioning it to them like there's a way to get rewarded for listening to podcasts and uh typically the way those conversations would go is that immediately uh, initially they're super excited and then like they hear that it's bitcoin and they're like oh like assuming there's some kind of gimmick but i think if you can kind of um get past that stage it becomes very clear that as you say yeah bitcoin is just money and i think what really um makes that clear is the fact that there's no restrictions on on withdrawals like with so many of these um apps whether it's yeah. like mobile game apps or or anything else where it promises that you can get paid for doing some activity usually watching ads um there's still so many restrictions on withdrawals i mean and also the amounts are so low even if they're denominated in fiat the amounts are just minuscule so i think uh yeah it's like it's a great tool for driving adoption and also kind of yeah abstracting away like some of the scary uh or um unknown aspects of uh, of bitcoin yeah i think as well you mentioned that already but with the withdrawals but the on ramps and the on off ramps to bit uh to fountain are really really important for attracting that broader audience like if you look at the on ramps um i think the issue we had at the beginning was that when talking to the you know non-bitcoin acquainted audience they had to already own some Bitcoin to get started with supporting their favorite shows. Uh, they had to have sats on a Lightning wallet. They had to know how to, you know, transfer funds from their Lightning wallet to Fountain. And not everyone's capable of doing that, nor do they have the interest to, to really learn how it's done. So we solved that problem in two ways. Firstly, you can now buy Bitcoin in the app just with your bank card or using Apple Pay. So you just go to your wallet, add funds, put in your bank card, and, you know, within 20 minutes you have Bitcoin ready to spend. Uh, and then the other thing was listen to earn, which we launched, I think it was last July. So just the incentive for, you know, as a new user, you don't, you don't any longer need Bitcoin to get started. You can just start listening to podcasts and you can earn a few sats and then the sats that you earn, you can then start essentially spending by sending back to podcasts and supporting them. So that, that kind of solved that problem. And then with the off ramp, yeah, I think that that's still, that's still something we haven't quite cracked yet, um, particularly particularly in Europe where you don't have apps like Cash App and Strike that are interoperable between Bitcoin and Fiat. 
um, if you did have earnings on Fountain that you wanted to withdraw, you have to really withdraw them to another Lightning wallet. And obviously, if you're not a Bitcoiner, you might not necessarily have one. So I think that's something that still needs some work because ultimately, if people are going to see it as real money, they need to be able to access that access that whenever they want it. And having, the, having it in sats on the Fountain wallet is not that useful if you did want to spend it. So yeah, working on that off-ramp um, flow is, is going to be really important in the future. Yeah, here in Japan, um, we're seeing some things that used to be uh, fairly uh, unrestricted in terms of like uh, Bitcoin withdrawals. Now it's actually going the other way where um, they're, I, I don't know, either they're being forced or they're choosing to partner with exchanges and then it's like you can only withdraw it to uh this exchange and then you could withdraw it from there but of course there's higher fees um so it's kind of a concerning trend here in japan but uh i I didn't know that you could buy bitcoin directly in the fountain app is that uh is that region restricted or or available globally yes the the service is powered by moonpay um MoonPay don't operate in all countries around the world. There are a few restrictions, but uh, in you know ninety ninety five percent of the world, you can use MoonPay to buy Bitcoin in the Fountain app. We launched that uh, at the start of this year in January. So maybe uh, it would be a good idea to kind of um, go back to basics a bit. Uh, I mean, this isn't a technical podcast, although I'm sure uh, Mark could hang with it. I I cannot. But uh, maybe for our audience, if they're like not that familiar with Bitcoin or the Lightning Network, um, could you give just a, a simple explanation of how it works, like how you're able to stream sats to listeners or to podcasters um, while listening? And uh, and yeah, just how the, the Lightning Network aspect works. Yeah, so the Lightning Network is, is different from Bitcoin, the, the currency, the base level. Um, the Lightning Network is just the second layer of Bitcoin that allows you to transact, transact with anyone with Bitcoin um, anywhere around the world. Uh, it's uh, very low fee, it's very fast, um, and it's also permissionless. And what I mean by permissionless is you can send someone else money without having them to, to accept the money, uh, which is how we do the streaming payments and this, you know, the the value for value payments in Fountain. Um, so yeah, it, it has a, a lot of benefits. Um, you know, there's things you can do on the Lightning Network that you just couldn't do with fiat currencies because of the fees, because of the slow speed. Um, some of the limit, you know, there's other limitations as well. Um, but it just makes money completely programmable. And what I mean by that is that you can send small amounts of money, um, you know, one after a time in very short intervals. So if you're listening to a podcast, you can send money to the podcaster for every minute you're listening. Or if you're listening to a podcast, you can also earn money for every minute you're listening. You can even do it on a second by second basis, which is what we do with our ads. So in Fountain, you can earn money just by listening to ads. Um, Every second you listen, you get paid. So yeah, these are things which which aren't possible with, with fiat currency. Have you faced any problems with um, Apple trying to get the app on the App Store? Um, because a familiar theme I keep seeing with people trying to build apps on Bitcoin and other things is the App Store are just rejecting it and saying, you know, we're not dealing with crypto apps and that kind of thing. So, how, like, but you guys have an app. Like, what was that process like? Was it easy? Do you, is it does it put so many stops in your development, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very good question uh, and something that we pondered a lot when we first uh you know 
submitted our our app to the app stores um i'd say that obviously apple takes you know apple in particular takes a 30 percent cut of any revenue through the app um through the in-app purchases well i guess it's slightly different for us because it's not really an in-app purchase it, uh, a purchase when you're supporting a podcast uh it kind of operates on a I suppose a different system. It doesn't go through the fiat rails, so it's going to be really interesting to see in the future how the app stores, you know, crack down on these crypto payments going through apps um, because they're slightly out of their out of their reach, out of their control, and sometimes out of sight. Um, but the other thing as well is that ultimately we just need to make sure that we can help the app stores continue to to generate revenue from Fountain. So that's why we have a subscription service. Not well, not you know, not. Not primarily, but it certainly helps. Um, the fact that you know a user on Fountain can pay three dollars a month to you know get a paid version of the app keeps Apple happy and stops them asking too many questions. Um, I won't really say much more than that because you never know who's listening. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely. I, I used to build iOS apps um, back in the day when um, I lived in Sheffield, and um, I had so many apps, and the App Store process is just so painful i'm like um the way i work is i I get these like ideas at night i'm like okay i want to build something this is great and i'll go and do it and then you get to the app store process and then all that hard work just stops because they're like nope so i'm I'm glad that you found a way around it so that's pretty cool yeah there's ways around it i would i'd say you know anyone looking to develop a an app using bitcoin um definitely have a subscription service it it puts you in a better position um, but yeah, you, you, you never really know. You're kind of at their mercy. So that could change at any time. Yeah, that, uh, that explains some of the other, uh, Bitcoin apps we've seen come out recently. Cause I've noticed that they have had that, uh, subscription, although often they'll, uh, well, yeah, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this either, but, uh, like, uh, you pay for the subscription, but then you get some number of sats within the, within the app or something like that. But uh, it does seem like a like an evolving argument, and like uh, hopefully Apple's position is not uh, tenable for too much longer. Um, speaking of models that are hopefully disrupted, uh, I- I'm curious uh, how you see. Well, you mentioned value for value, and it's kind of direct uh, exchange of value between um, the creator and the consumer. Um, and previously, or or uh, I guess the model that's that's really mainstream right now is the advertising model, where you offer something for free, but then you include ads in it, and uh, the advertisers pay the creator, and the consumer gets something for free, but they're kind of paying with their time or with their data. Um, how do you see uh, your model or uh, other types of value for value disrupting advertising? Yeah, I think that really what value for value does is it it restores freedom to the listener and to the creator. We don't think that advertising as a dominant model for monetization is, is going to go away anytime soon. Uh, But we do think that value for value complements it quite nicely and that podcasters don't really have to make a choice whether they are getting revenue from advertising or from value for value. The two can actually work complementary to each other. Um, and typically, this is what we see for podcasters. They have several different sources of income. Some of them will have a subscription service. Some might also have ads. You know, some might have uh, workshops or events they do. Some might sell their own products. Um, I think once you've built a successful podcast, it's an incredible distribution platform to build any business on top of it. You've kind of seen, 
what some of the big uh, kind of streamers and video create creators have done, like Mr. Beast with launching products on top of their their established platform and community. Um, but yeah, like I said, the freedom that uh, Value for Value gives podcasters means that they don't have to make that choice. They can use Value for Value to complement everything else. And we are also seeing some podcasters go 100% audience funded through Value for Value. I mean, you know, va- uh, No Agenda, who really kind of coined Value for Value and, and, and put that model into practice with their podcast, which launched, I think it was back in 2005. It's been going at least 15 years. They started out just by taking, you know, checks in the post or PayPal or whatever it was. And um, now there's a much easier way to do that. And then also we've seen podcasts like uh, Odell's Citadel Dispatch, which is also 100% audience funded. And they negate the need for ads completely because they put such an emphasis on supporting the show directly. So it gives it gives uh, podcasters freedom and it gives them choice. And I think also for listeners too, it gives them freedom. They're not tied down into like a $5 or $10 direct debit they're paying for a subscription every month or a, pay, or a Patreon subscription. They're only paying when they get value from the podcast. Uh, and they're able to send that value directly in that moment as they're listening. And that is freedom, you know, that that it's kind of no strings attached. You pay what you want whenever you want, or you don't have to pay at all. And uh, I think that we're seeing, you were starting to see some podcasts on Fountain really make this a dominant business model. We recently did a webinar with uh, Chris Fisher, for, who's the host of, well, he's the co-founder of Jupiter Broadcasting, who have several different shows on Fountain. They're all very tech-focused shows. So he has like a show about like Linux, um, which is very popular, but he's, he's using value for value and is often seeing that, you know, some, in some months value for value and fountain is actually the, the major revenue driver. So it is starting to make more sense as a business model. Um, however, I don't think advertising is going to go away. Uh, it, it can work together. Yeah. It seems like, uh, as, as, uh, yeah, as good as that sounds and as, as much as it makes sense, the, the, um, compensation amounts are just like incomparable between uh advertising model and the the direct support model i don't know if that i mean maybe maybe there are technical things that can be done to change that or or maybe uh there's some kind of mindset change that could happen but uh i don't know do you see that uh equalizing at least a little bit for sure yeah i think i um we're pretty confident that it will and I think one of the main benefits of value for value is the amount that you can send is limitless and it's defined by the person who's actually receiving the value. Now, if you ask a podcaster or a musician to value their work, how would they know how to value it? You know, they're not making it for themselves, they're making it for their audience. And some listeners, you know, if you think about music as an example, you know, would pay, you know, endless amounts of money to their favorite artist for their favorite song, which has had such an impact on their life. And I think it was actually Radiohead that really proved this really well. I think it was a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, when they launched their In Rainbows album, they made the uh, album available for free for everyone. And you could just pay whatever you want. You could download a zip file, get those songs into uh, to iTunes. And then I think it was six or 12 weeks later, the, the digital album came out and the, the physical album as well. And in those six or 12 weeks that the value for value model was working and they actually generated more revenue than they did from the entire sales of their previous album. So it just goes to show that if you, 
if you allow the listener or the audience to like price the content based on how much they value it, some might send, you know, very little, but some might send a lot. And I think it's, it really allows you to uh, capitalize on those super fans who just love your work, love your content so much, they would do anything for you. Yeah, on that topic, um, uh, maybe this is kind of a crypto question, but I, I do think it's, uh, it's good to draw the distinction. Um, with, uh, with other uh, apps, I mean, I haven't seen any uh, other podcasting apps, but uh, I guess there's uh, these days you hear a lot of talk about new social media apps um, that use, whether it's uh, some form of NFTs for the profiles or some kind of uh, token for the likes or some in, in-app currency. Um, but it seems like these are extremely vulnerable to the the uh, volatility volatility of the token, which uh, tends to be pretty extreme, um, with the Bitcoin price, how much does that affect your business model? Like, um, is it uh, is the business model sustainable, um, or, or does it does it rely on Bitcoin um, uh, being somewhat stable? Or, I guess, uh, on the other hand, does it rely on it uh, going up in price over time? Um, or would it be sustainable kind of any which way? I think that the success of Fountain and Value for Value is not tied to the price of Bitcoin. It's it's really tied to the success of Bitcoin because, as we all know, Bitcoin could go to zero anytime <laughs> and we'd all be screwed. Um, however, what we do see is that even when the price of Bitcoin comes down or goes up, the interest is still there because we will see interest and adoption in Bitcoin grow over time. Um, as more people become educated, as, as as more of the flaws of kind of fiat money get exposed through stories in the news, uh, interest in Bitcoin is going to grow. So Fountain is really benefiting from that. Um, but like I said as well, we, we, we try not to talk about Bitcoin in the app or in our communications too much uh, because we don't believe that it's, you know, the, the, the app is really tied to the success of Bitcoin. But yeah, certainly... Certainly, we do see surges, you know, if Bitcoin's in the news a lot and it's getting lots of pro- positive press and, uh, and attention, um, then we, we do see a little surge. But again, you know, if the price goes down, people think, well, the Bitcoiners think, OK, well, I'm going to buy some sats on Fountain and start streaming sats while they're at low value because it's going to cost me less. So it's, it's not really too tied to the price of Bitcoin. So speaking of like uh, making sats on this value for value um for people that don't know do you want to just explain how you work out how much they get paid is it like a set amount is it randomized um is it based on how much you interact and is it possible that some days people get zero because not being bitter but i'm sure one day i didn't get anything (laughs) yeah we've we've um we're constantly refining and optimizing the earnings model so on Fountain, you can earn um, Bitcoin for your first hour of daily listening. Um, it's now on select days. So yeah, on some days you will earn zero. Uh, but again, I think that kind of just encourages people to keep coming back because it's the, the amount that you get is completely random every day. So there's that sort of surprise aspect that keeps you hooked in. Um, how we pay for the daily rewards, it kind of comes from different places. Right now, we're really optimizing towards user growth. So we're not optimizing towards profit. So we do have our own capital that we invest in the rewards. Um, you know, we have premium 
which we generate revenue from. Some of the revenue from that goes back into the daily rewards. We also charge transaction fees whenever you support a podcast. So some of the fees go back into paying users. And we also have advertising in the app as well. So if you're a podcaster, you can promote your latest episode. If you're an advertiser, you can promote your product or service in, in Fountain and stream stats to listeners. Um, and again, we take a cut for the, um, you know, the, the total investment in those campaigns as well. So we have a pool of money which is growing and increasingly, increasingly funded by um, our own revenue and revenue from yeah from advertisers so that the i guess the the amount that we're paying and investing in it is becoming less and less and i think that's our strategy over time is to really look at driving revenue that can pay back the listeners versus us just having to invest our our own capital uh, to do that i find that quite interesting because I, I i when i got into uh crypto gaming you know one of the big things with crypto games is trying to balance out this kind of um you know money in money out with like money sink all this kind of stuff and it's quite hard to do so it sounds good that you guys are focused on that and on track so that's bright for the future yeah it's it's um it's a hard business model to get right i think and i think being a a podcast app where we're primarily organized to try and make an amazing podcast app it's very easy to get distracted with the payments and the earnings and the business model around that because Ultimately, we just want to deliver an amazing podcast app. So um, we're, we're kind of happy where it is now. I think there's definitely work to be done as we grow and scale, uh, but it seems to be working. And I think that really the, the challenge for us is, you know, because I think, you know, the, the, the incentive of being able to earn by listening to your favorite podcast is something which travels virally. You know, people tell their friends about it. People tag their, you know, followers in, in our posts and say, you know, go and check this app out. And I think it's our job to really convert those users who come for the free sats, but actually stay for the better podcast app so that the earning sats is, I suppose, less, less, you know, further down the priority list because they've actually discovered and experienced some of the other benefits that Fountain has through value for value, the discovery, the clips and all the other features that we offer. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we're getting some comments on this space, so I wanted to shout out some of those. We got Midas commenting that he's a non-Bitcoin podcaster, but he's had great success with Fountain Apps, so that's good to hear. Um, also, we got uh, Thomas saying uh, some good ideas to even further improve Fountain. I think he's talking about uh, some of the things mentioned at the start. But one thing I was curious about is I know you recently partnered with Zebedee, uh, I'd love to hear more about that partnership and uh, any other partnerships that you've done or, or that, you're, uh, that you've got coming up. Yeah, for anyone who's not aware, aware of Zebedee, uh, Zebedee is a Bitcoin gaming app, which also has their own Bitcoin Lightning wallet. Uh, we started working with them at the start of this year. The reason we did that was because we needed a really solid, reliable partner to power all the payments on Fountain. And Zebedee had been in the game a little bit, while, uh, you know, for some time. They know what they're doing. They've got funding. They've got a team now of like over 100 people. And they they just off, were able to offer, um, you know, stability, reliability to the payments, as well as also an incredible service for managing and sort of troubleshooting any issues. Um, they've also got like incredible marketing power of their own as well. So they've been um, certainly very influential in driving the growth of Fountain over the last uh, couple of months. And with regards to other partnerships, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, companies in the Bitcoin space should be working with each other much, much more because we're all targeting the same type of user. 
Um, we have like different products for sure, but we're already talking uh, to the same person. So uh, we we try we try to work uh, in partnership with other companies to do sort of cross promotion, co marketing, uh, and then I also mentioned the advertising as well. So yeah, I would like to think that not only can we help or that they can help us grow, but we can help them grow too. Uh, so often it is like a mutual exchange of we can help you, you can help us. So if there are any people here that are building apps or services on, on Bitcoin, <clears throat> yeah, feel free to, to get in touch with us. Yeah, I know you recently ran a campaign with um, Choice, uh, the IRA, um, a Bitcoin in investment account uh, uh, company or a service. Uh, I think, what was it? Double double SAT rewards for, uh, for a week. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, um, with regards to our daily rewards, we're increasingly looking to um, you know, I suppose fund them with with money that isn't ours. So we worked with Choice, uh, who were able to sponsor the rewards for a full week and give users double earnings. And that's just a really interesting thing for us to be able to talk about um, because we can utilize both Fountain's channels and Choice's channels to drive awareness of Fountain and Choice, um, introduce each other to each other's listeners or users. Um, and also, yeah, we, we've kind of got some real estate within the app that we can use to to highlight these companies. And I, I think for us, it makes a lot of sense because, like I said, we are targeting the same users. I'd say that 95% uh, of the users on Fountain are Bitcoiners. So it's, you know, the perfect target market for, for someone like ChoiceApp. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Uh, and also the idea of, like, um, paying people to... Uh, well, not, uh, I guess in this case, it's not directly uh, listening to ads, but uh, it's like paying people to increase awareness of your brand. I guess in, 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 in other ways, it's more like indirect, but I like the direct style. I mean, I'll definitely listen to something or watch something uh, if they're paying me more more sats for it. Uh, I pretty much always listen to the ads that are in the, the ad section, even though I've probably listen to that voltage ad like a hundred times now <laughs> yeah i mean that we're we're so used um to you know being the product we've all heard that phrase um you know if you're if you're not paying for it you are the product and uh, ultimately our attention and our time is getting manipulated by advertisers it's getting sold to other people other companies without our permission and we just have to put up with it because we want to continue using the the apple service for free and i think that we found a model now that it's not unique. I don't think we're the first to do it, to pay people to, to, to listen to ads. But that's definitely a really interesting new business model that's emerging. Um, you can also check out Slice. They're doing a similar thing. It's like a, a web extension um, for your browser um, that allows you to, to earn sats for, 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 for watching ads. So I think, yeah, we're starting to see more, um, more equity for, for, for users now in the advertising economy. Uh, people have clocked onto the fact that their, you know, their, their their time is being monetized, and they they feel that they deserve better. When you you said uh, that uh, Lightning or Bitcoin companies should work together more, yeah, I would definitely love to see that. I mean, especially considering like the permissionless nature of Bitcoin and and how you can you can move your money anywhere. Um, it does. I mean, yeah, I, I would love to see more and more pieces come together and building like circular Bitcoin economies where you can kind of like if you're a podcaster, you get paid in Bitcoin, and then you can pay others for Bitcoin 
for their services or products in Bitcoin. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm naive, but it kind of seems like that's the that's the future. People building these small little circular economies that gradually get bigger and bigger. Yeah, for sure. And I think the the benefit of building one of these circular economies on top of Bitcoin is that it also solves other problems. Um, if you look on Twitter, how much spam you get and how much hate speech you get in the comments, uh, it's kind of out of control. Whereas on Fountain, if you have to pay in sats to send a comment or to create a clip or whatever it is, like it ends up with the user moderating themselves. Uh, and also, you know, manipulation of the platform with regards to bots is just not um, feasible cost-wise at scale. So it, it certainly solves other problems as well as just the ones we're trying to solve. Yeah, it definitely feels like Twitter is getting worse and worse. I mean, uh, I guess it's kind of awkward to say that considering that we're trying to build a service on top of Twitter. But uh, um, yeah, it is uh, it is getting harder and uh, there are a lot of problems that uh, seems like they could be solved with uh, with sats or uh, even something else like Noster. Mark's going to laugh because I I mean, I'm always talking about Noster, but uh, it seems it seems relevant. Um, and I know you guys have done a, a bit with Noster, like in terms of, uh, I think, just making um, fountain links more uh, visually appealing or actually I should just let you talk um, have you have you uh, are you doing anything with Nostra or you have any plans to we we've laid some of the groundwork for further integration with Nostra back in January we allowed fountain users to be able to connect their Nostra account to fountain um, what we hope to do in the future is you know, make, because I think this is the beauty of building on a protocol like Bitcoin Lightning, which can work across platforms, is that if someone was to share a, uh, let's say, an episode or a podcast link on Nostra, you'd be able to zap them and, you know, tip them for sharing that episode. Uh, or you'd be able to, you know, if you'd commented on that post for the podcast link that was shared on Nostra, you'd also be able to repurpose any replies to that post in Nostra on Fountain as well. So that's the beauty. Uh, you know, Bitcoin Lightning works across platforms. It, 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 it prevents platforms from being built in these closed ecosystems like Twitter. I mean, you can see now that's getting becoming even more aggressive on Twitter's side now that Elon Musk is in charge. You can't even uh, embed a Twitter link in Substack anymore or share links to any Substack posts or anything. So they're really clamping down on that. And I think that's really just bad for the user. Uh, it's... It's not great for the user and it's really just motivated by the platform's desire to to be the one and only podcast app or the one and only app that users use, whereas users want to have choice. Do you guys have any plans to expand beyond podcasting? I mean, a lot of what we've talked about tonight, like the principles are applicable well beyond just podcasting. Yes, I mean, we're already seeing value for value being applied to other, other media forms. Uh, we've got Wavelake uh, applying it to music. There's others also applying it to, to video, to text, to any form of content shared on the internet. Um, we're really starting out with podcasts, um, but we believe that in the future we will be adding other mediums too. I think probably the first one of those to come will be uh, audiobooks, um, which is something that we're hoping to do later this year. Um, yeah, I think also you know, music is a really interesting one as well. I think that we'd be crazy to try and <laughs> launch, you know, music within Fountain right now because we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We want to just make a killer podcasting app first. 
build out from there. Um, but sure, there's going to be uh, other additions to Fountain in the future. Uh, you know, in the most you know immediate future as well. Where I, th- I think we're seeing you know podcasting changing as a format as well. You know, a lot of podcasts now have video. Podcasts are now you know recorded and consumed live. Um, so in the, the next update, we're hoping to be able to to launch live as well. So you'll be able to listen to podcasts live in Fountain. You'll also be able to, you know, have all the the value for value features like sending boosts, replies, etc. That will all work in real time as well. So, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Maybe we can just uh, ditch Twitter altogether and and jump over to uh, to Fountain for the live and the and the recorded. <laughs> but uh, uh, you mentioned yes. you mentioned audiobooks. Um, yeah, that would, I mean, yeah, you're right. You don't want to kind of uh, try to do too much at once. But uh, audiobooks, I mean, the, it seems like that market is so ripe for disruption. Um, just the fact that, uh, like, there's no easy way of sharing audiobooks with, with other people in the way that you could just hand them a physical book. Um, yeah, the, the owner or the, the rental versus ownership model and how you're tied to one platform right now, pretty much uh, Audible. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, a lot of uh, disruption could happen in that space. Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a lot of overlap as well with the the consumer. You know, consumers who listen to a lot of podcasts also listen to audiobooks as well. And to be able to put that all in one place and have the same features and benefits for audiobooks as we have for podcasting, like the clipping, um, the value for value, and also the discovery that that drives as well, is going to be massively impactful. So... For the future of um, Fountain App, I know you mentioned that you want to have audiobooks and stuff. Um, do you have any plans to integrate that more with, uh, I know you mentioned something about Nostra, but integrate that more with like other platforms? Like, for example, let, let's say someone has an audiobook on a popular book app. Have you got plans to link it into normal apps like that or not? Sorry, that sounds like a bit of a vague question, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I think that the, the first level of integration that we would possibly explore would be integration with other Bitcoin lightning wallets, um, because fountain is currently a custodial service. When you create a fountain account, we create a white lightning wallet for you. Um, but obviously a lot of users have Bitcoin on their own lightning wallet. So that's a potential opportunity, uh, which again, we should help with onboarding and adoption is to be able just to link your fountain account to your, uh, you know, your your Lightning wallet that you use. Um, that's something that we'll certainly be exploring. Uh, and then with regards to the content, yeah, it's, it's kind of too early to say with audiobooks, we haven't really got into the details of how it works yet. Ultimately, you're still going to have to buy the audiobook um, somewhere, <laughs> if not in Fountain, somewhere else. Um, because I think that that's a massive change to the business model in audiobooks, in publishing, you know, typically... You know, you buy the, the the book, the hard copy or the, the digital copy to listen to it and it's yours forever or you rent it. Um, but you, you wouldn't give it away, I imagine, for free and then just rely on value for value payments to, you know, to drive revenue. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it's something that we need to check out more. Do you plan in the future to have, um, uh, let's say, podcasts that you can only listen to if you stats from like private podcasts or is that not something you guys are interested in yes this is um definitely a really interesting space because i think that what podcasters really want is recurring revenue you know they want 
guaranteed money coming in through the door every single month. And while value for value is great, if you've got a really kind of dedicated, committed group of super fans who will support you for every episode, ultimately you're going to see uh, the, the amount you're earning go up and down. And I think this is the benefit of something like Patreon, even though there's a lot more friction in the, the, the listener flow and how you support, you know, with the support payments being outside of the Patreon app and it not doing the payments and podcasting in one. Um, I think there's definitely a hybrid volume, uh, model of sort of value for value and subscriptions. Um, we've had a lot of requests about this. You know, people say, you know, is there a way that we can have some sort of bounty whereby that people can request a podcast episode with a particular guest and if you know you we get a certain amount of money raised they'll go and record that episode you know that's one interesting way of kind of doing it which is more gamified but yeah just having a more simple service where you've got um premium content that people can subscribe to uh but using stats yeah super exciting um the more uh, the more we talk it seems like the more uh possibilities there are uh, I brought up uh, everything Satoshi. Uh, um, do you have a, a comment? Go ahead. Hi, guys. Um, I actually had a question uh, to the Fountain app. Uh, it's two questions, actually. The first one is, uh, is there a way to implement uh, payment subscriptions through, say, a Lightning? Because it seems that you can only do that um via probably like a credit card or something and then the second question is um i don't know if this has been talked about but how soon do you think you can in integrate uh, maybe 4k videos uh, to be uh, streamed um sort of like twitch but for satoshis as well uh, those are my two questions i hope that makes sense yeah, thanks. Uh, two great questions. Um, and I, I've definitely I've seen your name pop up before re uh, requesting the, you know, Fountain Premium subscriptions via Lightning. Uh, this is something that we will do um, right now. If you want to become premium, you have to, you know, make an in-app purchase, which goes through the App Store, which you can obviously do on, you know, your device. But um, we have obviously a lot of uh, users who just want to use Bitcoin for all their payments. So we will be making this available in the next couple of months. Um, ultimately, Fountain.fm will become like a fully featured web player where you have, you know, if not all, you know, most of the features that Fountain offers in app, but available uh, in your desktop. And that will be made available hopefully at the same time. And yeah, with regards to 4K video, definitely something we're going to do. Um, it's interesting, actually, that, you know, even though some of the biggest podcasts in the world have 4k video like you think of like you know joe rogan and in the bitcoin space you know people like what bitcoin did um i think adoption of video for podcasts is still quite low um you know on obviously on youtube you see that any podcast that exists there has video naturally because that's their primary format um but yeah we, we will definitely integrate video at some point um we just want to make sure that we're doing it in a way that really adds value and is is seamless enough that you can, you know, transition between video only or, or video and audio or audio only really seamlessly. And it, it works offline and everything else you'd expect. Um, so yeah, good questions. Thanks a lot for that. Um, I remembered my question from earlier. I was wondering, uh, I often wonder like with, uh, audio books, but podcasts as well, like 
like what the best way of consuming information is, like whether it's more it, it uh, it's more memorable if I see it on the page or hear it spoken. Uh, what are your thoughts on like the best way to consume information? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because, um, yeah, you know, me and my co-founder Oscar, we really believe strongly in audio as you know a, a really great way to consume information. You know, we both listen to lots of podcasts, um, audio books as well. And I think what's great about podcasts in particular is that they are very personal. It feels like you're part of a conversation and it's just you there. So it feels very intimate, um, very impactful. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how well, you know, you know, memory impacts, you know, like or how how much the medium, you know, text only or audio or video impacts memory. But I think certainly that's what we're trying to get at with the clips. You know, rather than having to be able to remember it, you can just really easily create a clip and that solves that problem. But um, yeah, I think, you know, ultimately, Fountain is going to be, you know, audio first. Um, Like I said, we do have transcripts coming up very soon, which will allow you to to read along the podcast as you as you listen. But we're really optimizing for audio because we think it's the most powerful, powerful medium for for storytelling and for for knowledge sharing. I have to ask, since you said you're a big podcast listener yourself, uh, 1x, 2x or 3x? (laughs) <laughs> well in the new update you'll actually be able to customize your playback speed for different shows and it will remember them so i think that's going to be quite useful um for me i find that 1x is just a little bit too slow i tend to go up to 1.25 or 1.5 um you know there's some people who listen on 3x which i just don't understand it's just so fast i don't know how you can you know interpret it all but certainly you know if i'm going to if I'm, you know, going to bed, trying to go to sleep, I'll listen on one X because you're never going to fall asleep if you're listening on two X. <laughs> one thing I realized uh, editing uh, editing this show actually was that uh, people sound a lot more intelligent on two X. I realized that uh, maybe I should be careful because in the past, like all the people I was listening to on podcasts, I thought like, wow, these these people are really smart. But uh, if I had been listening on single speed, maybe uh, I would not have been as convinced by their arguments. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't had that observation before, but I'll think about that again next time I'm listening on 2X. Uh, we're running up on time, but uh, I'm curious, uh, since you guys, I mean, not only founded a company, but uh, founded a Bitcoin company, um, do you have any advice for other uh, founders or aspiring founders, um, for example, like uh, things that you've learned or even like um, why people should build on Bitcoin instead of crypto? Yeah, I, I suppose that, um, you know, we could have built Fountain on on some other, you know, cryptocurrency, but we were convinced by Bitcoin because of its properties and because of its, you know, we, we believe in its longevity. Um, we think that some of these other crypto coins, et cetera, tokens are, are going to die out and fade out. Um, so we think Bitcoin is going to be around for the, for the long run, which is why we chose it. And it also delivered on everything that we needed to do. Um, so I would say that the first thing is just like make the right choice for you. Um, and secondly, I would say that it's important to um, really think about how Bitcoin integration or another cryptocurrency that you're going to use actually adds value to the service or product you're, you're building. Um, a lot of the time you see, you know, Bitcoin kind of being integrated or added on on top and it's kind of superfluous. So if you can really integrate that into your mission, your vision, your value proposition to, to your users, uh, you, you stand a much better chance of success. And I think also there's just some due diligence that every you know, builder needs to, to, to do um, with regards to really understanding the Bitcoin protocol 
And, you know, if you don't have, you know, knowledge of deep knowledge of Bitcoin, which I'd certainly put myself in that category, try and find a co-founder who does. Um, and yeah, it's, it's become a lot easier to build on Bitcoin in the last you know year or two. There's amazing service providers out there like Voltage, LightSpark, etc. Um, that can, you know, consult you on making the right choices, um, get the right infrastructure in place, you know, manage it and optimize it over time. So it's really not as difficult as you think. Amazing advice. Uh, I think that's it from me. Mark, you, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? No, I'm um, I'm okay. I was just going to say I do think people that listen on anything above 1x are crazy. I can't do it. And it always freaks me out when Brad suggests listening on 2x. So, Yeah, I, I don't know, man. You get addicted and then you can't go back. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything uh, you wanted to hit that we haven't covered? No, I think that's it. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me, guys. And yeah, for anyone who's listening, uh, who is not aware of Fountain, go to fountain.fm to learn more. You can download the Fountain app in the App Store and the Google Play Store. And uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, Fountain underscore app. We always keep people up to date on new updates, features, etc., news. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. Okay, what'd you think of that? Nick made a great point about talking in terms of money, not Bitcoin specifically, because it's not as if the benefits only come if you really love Bitcoin. Sure, the advantages like being able to stream tiny sums by the second and withdraw to any wallet anywhere in the world without jumping through any registration hoops are because it's built on Bitcoin, but those advantages are attractive to anyone, not just Bitcoin enthusiasts. I think there's a hint there for Noster, which we talked about two episodes ago and which had a conference in Tokyo last week. I interviewed a lot of people and I'll upload a podcast on it next week, but the main crowd there right now is Bitcoiners. And even though Bitcoin is enabling amazing things like micropayments instead of likes for social media posts, it's not yet seamless enough for those benefits to really be apparent to someone who isn't in the weeds of Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't succeed until no one is talking about Bitcoin. They're just talking about global, unstoppable, fair money that is in fact Bitcoin under the hood. So if you're not already listening to your podcast on Fountain, definitely check it out. Just like Nostra, the app is constantly evolving and they're really responsive to feedback, especially as they're gearing up for their big release of Fountain 1.0. The first thing you can do on Fountain is follow this show so you don't miss the big Nostrasia episode next week. And if you'd like to help me out, a rating or review or sharing this episode with a friend would really go a long way. In any case, let me know what you thought. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you again soon. GM Radio.